In today's episode, we have once again Sarah Sabin. She is a member of Entrepreneurial Magazine Leadership Network and is a transformational leadership coach and consultant. She partners with innovative companies who are ready to grow and up level by creating more emotionally intelligent leaders. We're going to be talking to Sarah about new paradigm of leadership. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. It's Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And we are back with Sarah. Sabin, hi, Sarah. Hello again. You've seen so much of me in the last few days. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you back. So Sarah joined us for our Friday feature segment. And we have to have her back because she's so awesome. And today we're talking about the new paradigm of leadership. So Sarah. We've heard your intro, we've heard your story through our Friday feature, we know how amazing you are, and we know that you are equipped to talk about this because of your various startup adventures and in the current um, business as well. So when you say new paradigm of leadership, let's, let's explain that title, what do you mean by that? So I will start by challenging some current perceptions of leadership. Okay. So um, people often associate leadership with a job title, a power suit, um, a certain pay grade, a certain title, whatever it is. Mm. And leadership is not about that. Leadership is everyone's definition of leadership is different. Mm. And what's more, the reason why it needs to be different is because this old style of leadership isn't really appropriate for an exponentially changing world. Mm. And that applies whether you're a big company, in which case you still need to stay relevant, you still need to keep your staff engaged, you need to be at the forefront of everything to make sure that you're still there in 5, 10, 15 years time. Because mm. what we've seen at the past is even if you're blockbusters, <laughs> if you don't see what's coming down the road, yeah. then you know you're going under. Completely, and- completely. That's a very that's a very unique example of being relevant and moving, you know, moving with the times, right? Yes. And you know, this this concept also applies for um the new generation of entrepreneurs because so many more people now coming up from Generation Z are more inclined towards entrepreneurship. And if you're running a business, you are CEO of your business. So you need to think like a business person and think like a leader. Mm. And I think the problem with that is unless you have been surrounded by really positive examples of leadership in your life, which a few people that I've met in the past have been, it's very difficult to see yourself as a leader if there are no positive examples around you. So it then takes Mm. courage to define it for yourself. Right. Okay. So I completely understand that. 
So I think with the with the new influx of modern entrepreneurs and especially online entrepreneurs, because I think the the online space has opened up a whole new area um, or a whole new generation of entrepreneurs and millionaires. We have twenty year olds walking around who are millionaires now with the with the you know with the various startups and so forth. And you're saying that every single one of those individuals, along with people who are, you know, slightly older in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and we do have actually the other extreme as well. We have older generation perceived normally as retired people who are supposed to be retired who have now gone back in, uh, come out of retirement and have gone into startups as well. We have plenty of those people examples as well. And so we need to sort of change our perceptions and ideas of what does leadership, what does leadership entail, and what does leader being a leader mean for you as an individual especially if you have a business because you are a leader if you have a business because you're the head of the company right okay yes so when you say the new paradigm so that's the old paradigm so what would be your definition of the new one and how do we go into it so the new paradigm is about everyone taking responsibility for leadership so that's self-leadership and the way that they interact with other people Mm. and you know you might think that that doesn't apply so much to a solopreneur but it really does Mm. as well because as a solopreneur you still have a service or a product so you are leading your customers and clients in a way you are leading your business. So what is really interesting as well, I think with the older generation, so people leaving corporate environment in their 50s and 60s and starting up their own consulting business or whatever, what's really interesting is they stop seeing themselves as leaders purely because they've left the corporate environment. And they're sort of scrabbling around being like, oh, well, I, am I really qualified to do to do this? You know, am I really a leader of my own business? And you know, it it's a mindset thing as much as anything. If you show up as a leader, people can feel that in your presence. Um, and this comes from making decisions from the place that you want to be, rather than the place that you are. Okay. So an example of that would be, for example. I want to have a million dollar business. Mm -hmm. When you're making decisions in your business, ask yourself the question, as a million dollar business owner, would I make this decision? Would I behave in this way? Would Mm -hmm. I put up with this kind of behavior from a client, from a team worker or anyone? And when you make decisions from that place of, thriving rather than oh I've got to take what I can get right now it becomes a lot easier to hit your goals and Mm. you start to start seeing them as a possibility and that's not to take away obviously it's not going to be an easy road no no (laughs) but what I'm hearing from you because I think most of you say I can relate to myself is I think I think as one of the, the dangers, one of the pitfalls that solopreneurs fall into, and, we, and I was a solopreneur, we all start off from there, uh, well, some of us do anyway, uh, you end up taking, micromanaging everything, and you, you want to, you know, you want to be taking control of everything, you, you don't understand how to delegate and and um, build team members around for yourselves, and this, this is something that I've learned, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a quick study, so I learned pretty quickly, Whereas I would work, I rather prefer to be in my zone of genius and I would I, I go looking for team members on a particular area, which I'm not very good at and get them to do that part for me. And then 
entrust them and leading them is not like saying, well, why have you done X, Y, Z, but encouraging them to take responsibility for their tasks themselves. That's what I'm hearing from you. Is that right? Yes. And you know, you can start small, obviously, if mm. you're not making any money at all in your of business, course. you're probably not going to have a million dollar girl, but you might want to get to six figures. Mm. So even if you say to yourself, okay, well, what would a six figure business owner do? Well, they would have a team. Mm. You can start small with that team. You don't need to start with 10 people working. Yeah. You start with one person. You basically are consistently putting in place steps for you to get to that next level Mm. so that when you do have more clients when you can scale up you've got that support network in place that you can continuously add to and that's what I mean by that kind of future intelligent thinking Mm. rather than thinking okay well right now I'm scrabbling around to earn money and you know I'm running around like a headless chicken Uh, which is quite common with solopreneurs as well, because you've got the shiny object syndrome (laughs) going on as well. But if you take a step back, focus on the core activities and start to delegate out the things that you really don't want to do piece by piece in a cost effective way, then at least you are still thinking like a business person, thinking like a a future six figure business owner. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you, and I, I obviously I'm, I'm an energy person, I will always bring you back. You're saying that before you can hit the, forget the seven figures, let's start with, with six figures. Before you can hit the six figure business, you need to first believe that that's where you're going to get to. And then you need to embody the, the, the behavior of somebody who would be running a six-figure business and therefore be, you know, from you know, make decisions from that element rather than from where you are at the moment. So you need to take yourselves into that six-figure earner mode and then start looking for team members or support for yourself and make decisions from that energy rather than from where you are at the moment where you're like, I'm scrunching for clients and I can be happy with whatever. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly that make decisions from a thriving mode not a survival mode as much as possible and I will acknowledge that sometimes we do get into survival mode it's completely understandable yeah um, especially with everything that's going on however if you continuously stay in that survival mode it will severely limit your potential as a Mm. business owner and as a leader um, because our brains are designed to keep us safe evolutionarily. Mm. I'm not sure if that's a word, but <laughs> I've just made it up. Um, our brain is evolutionarily de- designed to keep us safe, safe yeah, yeah, and in our comfort zone. So it's hard to break outside that sometimes. You need to have that courage, which is where the leadership qualities come in as well. The courage to think bigger And also surround yourself um, with people that are accelerating your growth as well. Because often what I see with business owners as well is some of the people in their lives are holding them back in some way. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think you need to surround yourself by people who are encouraging you and are on the right path as you. That Again, energetically, that seems to be important because you need to align yourself with similar energies rather than having people who are going to hold you back. 
So that that is really useful. But then the next question um, that one asks is, how does one even start developing these leadership skills? I mean, okay, I recognize that there's a new paradigm of leadership and I need to become this leader. How do I instill these skills in me? And I, it, you, we could have people who are quite timid or not as vocal as introverts. How do we develop? Because this leadership is a skill that's, um, that's you know, you, it's a muscle. It's like a muscle. You, it's, you, it's something that you work on and you develop. And yes, you have people who are naturally very confident and they're born leaders, but it's some it's a skill set that, that can be developed and it should be developed by every single individual who's looking to, you know, form um any kind make any kind of impact in the world. So how do you go about doing that, Sarah? I, I'll just kind of segue here and say that I when I was at primary school, I was so shy I could hardly speak. Mm. Um I <laughs> I know people don't realize that they're like, oh, you're confident. Every single one of us has had issues yeah. with confidence at some point. And yes. actually, a lot of people in the public eye would class themselves as introverts, mm. interestingly enough. Yeah. So there's a few ways that I'd recommend you go about it. Number one, modeling. So mm. finding an example of a leader that really inspires you in every aspect of their life. So health, wealth. Uh, business, service to the community, whatever it is, and start to really dive into what are some of their behaviors, how do they show up, etc. Because this is starting to reprogram your brain as well, which your brain is more inclined to go towards the negative and they're like, oh, well, look at all these bad examples of leadership, leaders mm-hmm. bad, etc. You're starting to focus on the positive and trying to emulate that. But the more the more important step as well is to deep dive into yourself. Mm. So I talk about emotional intelligence a lot. And the very foundation of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. So without really knowing yourself and who you are, yep. it's very hard to A, develop your emotional intelligence and B, be a good leader. Agreed, yes. And if you lead in a way that you think you should or lead in a way that is counterintuitive to your nature what what happens is exhaustion and feeling like you're putting on a mask all the time and it feeling unnatural and then it doesn't really tend to be very effective anyway Mm. so really going back to the drawing board and you know asking yourself those important questions who am I how do I motivate and inspire people what's my best way of communication and from there the other stages of emotional intelligence are what people more traditionally associated with it. For example, empathy and compassion. Yeah, that's part of it. But also starting to master your internal environment as well mm. and starting to develop that resilience and grit and get up and go and courage, um, as well as how you relate to other people in order to get the best out of them. So empathetic leadership is not just about sort of passing people on the head and being like yes go you yes you should encourage people but for example my job as a coach is also to make people uncomfortable and that is a very important part of leadership as well Mm. so it starts with yourself it starts with finding out what styles of leader that you are particularly resonating with Mm -hmm. and then it comes down to experimenting with how you interact with other people it's as simple as that okay so uh, here uh, i've got a question for you a lot of the people that i sort of you know 
I meet, they tend to be empaths. And they're obviously, as an empath, you just tend to be a people pleaser. It's just one of those characteristics that poor empaths all have. I'm guilty of that too. It's, a, it's something that I'm actively working on as we speak. So how does someone who is a people pleaser come into the position of being a leader and is able to navigate and lead through the company and including the employees? Because at times I've had this instrument that I've had this, this one incident that comes to mind is this individual who was brilliant. Like she was brilliant at what she did, but she was bloody lazy. Like, you know, she would do the work when she did it. She was fabulous at it, but she would take ages to do it. And then every time there'll be an excuse, like the dog happened or this happened and that happened. And it, the excuses came all the time. And then um, it just wasn't really not, it wasn't coming into alignment and we ended up parting ways. But how do we, you know, so I remember I struggled with, and that's a lesson that I learned. Stop being a people pleaser. You know, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to hurt her feelings. I didn't want to tell her off. So I didn't. Mm. Um, how do we rectify that? What would you advise me in that position where I knew that um, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't pulling her weight, yet she was brilliant. And I'm still sorry to see her go because she's so brilliant at what she does. But she was, um, she just didn't do the work on time and was bloody lazy. So what, you know, what, what can you, you know, when you, how, how would you advise me in that scenario? Well, this sounds quite provocative, but um, the issue of people pleasing has come up for me before with clients. Mm. And I, I say to them, it's part of your ego identity because wanting to be liked by other people is feeding your ego yeah when they take that liking away mm. you know it's it's kind of a deflating your ego identity so become aware of the fact that you are inclined that way and then you choose to actively act in a different way mm. but it starts with the awareness of it um and in the scenario that you've given me I mean, what I would say to you is the more important thing going forward is to lay down very clearly your expectations and the Mm -hmm. behaviors that you won't uh, put up with. So for me, um, when I've had uh, team members in the past, for example, I've had similar problems around they never met timelines. uh, They never did anything when they said they were going to do. They were non-responsive. My default reaction in the past might have been actually to get to blow up. Mm. <laughs> Hard as it is to believe, but um, I used to have quite a temper. Mm. Um, and basically, when I shifted that anger, mm. what happened is, you know, you get more people transgressing your boundaries. So it's then trans readdressing the balance there. Yeah. So that you are extremely clear from the off with anyone you work with. This is my bottom line for what I accept and what I yeah. don't accept. I agree. And no one can complain because it was clear from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, this is how we had to address it. We had to lay down clear boundaries. And I remember giving it, putting it down in clearly and on, on um, step. It was quite strict, actually. This is what I'm expecting. This is what I'm, um, you know, this is what I'm wanting to do. This is what I'm expecting from you as a, as a team member. Um, please tell me whether you this is acceptable or not. And she by then had come back and said, no, that, um, I, it was it became a bit of an ego thing. So I think if you don't nip it in the bud, it can become, you know, a bit of an ego thing even with team members because 
uh, you know, uh, it, it's something that you need to address early on and not let, let it fester. Mm. Yes. So when, you know, I think by the time I did give the, the 10 step or whatever it was, expectations, what I was expecting from the individual, it, the relationship had already broken down because like I said, I didn't come down hard, but I was, I was becoming straight, but because the individual was used to a certain way of me dealing with her, which is like, ah, oh, ha, 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 lovely, lovely, ha, ha. The other side of me was not, <laughs> was a bit shocking. Um, I wasn't rude at all, absolutely not, but I was very strict. And I think that wasn't acceptable. Whereas if you are like that from the onset, be nice and whatever, but have those clear boundaries and the expectations written down that anybody coming in will not um, cross those boundaries and will adhere to those uh, expectations or they don't and then and they leave early on and they doesn't allow the things to fester and, and come, become out of control. So. Yes and the the festering point is key the longer you leave it thinking it will get better yeah you're just kicking the can down the road basically. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think this is where leadership comes in. I think I agree with you. The idea that everyone has got to like you all the time is a bit of a false notion. You will be fair all times, but not everyone has to like you all the time. So I think this is a concept that I'm still <laughs> I'm still developing in my own world, in my own team, and trying to be more stricter with my you know and more clear with my expectations for my team members but this is a part of leadership right because leaders have to make strict and difficult decisions and then have the gumption to stick by them that's what makes a leader right yes being a leader is not about you know playing nice all the time yeah it's about treating people fairly being clear communicating properly um, so that everyone is on the same page and the person that you are working with at any time can choose to say, well, actually, this is not acceptable for me. Yeah. And I, I quite often say, you know, with companies and culture, if you're trying to embed a new culture within an organization, in doing so, you will get some people that that really, you know, does not resonate with. And those people tend to either fall away or in some cases I've seen them sort of get fired. And it's a short-term pain <laughs> trying mm. to embed it. But if you look at the long-term view, you know, you know that there is no other choice. Mm. And I think that's, that's a really key point. As a leader, you're always looking at the long-term view. So if you had stepped back at that time and said to that particular or thought about that particular person and thought how you'd feel about it in six months to a year's time, you would have probably like, right, okay, let's handle this sooner rather than later. Yeah. Okay. So what advice would you have as a, um, in terms of, you know, someone who's developing the leadership skills and someone who's, uh, you know, who says, okay, all right, Sarah. So I know I'm an introvert. I know I'm a people pleaser. I know that I have, um, you know, I have to work on, you know, like goal and make my expectations clear for my new team members as I grow my business. What would be your advice in terms of, you know, what books would you ask them to read? What kind, you know, what kind of um, daily habits can they instill in themselves? What kind of things can they do practically for them to develop these leadership skills? So there are... Um, 
lots of books that I would recommend. One of my favorite books is um, uh, is by Daniel Goleman, the father of emotional intelligence. Okay, where it really you know breaks down why emotional intelligence is important in leadership. Right. And um, there's another very good book I read uh, not too long ago called Mean People Suck. <laughs> Um, why empathy is great in the workplace or it was something along those lines as well that the reason why I recommend reading those kind of books is to start changing your perception of Mm. what leaders are so that they're not just um, people in suits running around giving instructions to people and to sort of widen your vision of it Um, in terms of daily practices Awareness is step one. So if you're aware that you are like this, then good for you. You have developed a level of self-awareness. And then it's time to start embodying a new identity. Mm, That's key. Yes. So from there, you would think, okay, well, who do I want to be as a leader? So Mm. maybe you invent a catchphrase for yourself that says something like, um, I am a six-figure business owner with a wonderful team and great clients, whatever it is. And you identify the gap, basically. You're like, okay, well, (laughs) this is about currently where I'm at and this is where I want Mm -hmm. to get to. What questions can I ask myself to hold myself accountable Mm -hmm. to this identity that I want to embody as a leader? And then asking yourself powerful questions. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of that as a coach because – out of that starts to become new actions and behaviors Mm. that you can break down into daily or weekly tasks for yourself to hold yourself accountable. Now, will it be easy if you're an introvert to suddenly go to doing videos every day? No. No. (laughs) I hated doing videos. Um, I probably still don't like them that much. But, you know, it's it comes down to are you willing enough and committed enough to put in effort to overcome this? That's Mm. question one. Question two is, okay, um, I'm going to hold myself accountable. Great. I've got my actions. But if you fall off the wagon, you know, don't beat yourself up. Just get back on the wagon. Of course, that's with anything. Okay, I mean, you will have your your peaks and troughs. That's that's normal. So if you do fall short of your expectation of yourself, then you get back on. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Well, this has been an absolutely fascinating conversation. I think we need to have you back and we need to discuss it a bit more, bit, bit more further, Sarah. So tell us, um, we, you are a leadership coach. So how can we get in contact with you? How can someone ask you or you know, find out more about your coaching and work, find out how they can work with you? Just to explain uh, the kind of audiences I work with, I work with um, either companies that are doing well, but want to up level or want to enhance their human potential. And then I work with early stage entrepreneurs as well that basically want to get a stage to a stage where they're earning consistent income in their business and they need someone to uh, show them the way and hold them accountable to that. So you can find more out more about me at sarahsaban.com without an H. Um, you can <laughs> you can see the tremendous amount of um uh, information in my LinkedIn profile, Sarah Caroline Sabin. And um, you can drop me an email at 
sarah at sarahsaban.com. Wonderful, wonderful. And all the links that Sarah has just mentioned, if you're listening to this on the podcast, will be in her show notes. So we'll be in the show notes for that particular episode. And if you're watching this on YouTube, down below in the description, we'll have all her links as well. So please do go and connect with Sarah. She is an amazing, amazing individual, someone that I'm quite privileged to get to know more. So, and we will have her Sarah back for, you know, and pick up more brains a little bit more on another topic because she does have a wealth of knowledge, especially when it comes to startups. So we have to pick up brains and ask her a bit more few questions about it. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, being such an awesome guest for us. Thank you for being with us. For those thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And for those listening, thank you so much for joining me. I will be back on another Money Talkie segment with another amazing guest sharing their wisdom and telling us how we can build our business and, and by learning those new strategies and skills. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our next five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan. Take care and bye for now.